0: This week's queer and pleasant strangers is brought to you by Who Hunts the Whale. It's a book. It's tell out, us
1: about the book. It, it's out now. It's a book. It's about the video game industry. It's definitely, definitely fictional and not uh, a pastiche of things that are uh, have happened in the real industry. Entirely,
0: entirely fictional, dreamed up in our own brains. We invented the world. All of wouldn't this. possibly
1: be this awful. Oh, good goodness! You t- tell us more about the book.
0: It's funny, but also highlights some things that might possibly be going wrong in the real world. As one review put it, it might be a work of fiction, but it's not made up. Which I think captures it really well. Who was the whale? It's a big silly book that we wrote. And it's good and it's funny, and people are enjoying it. We have good averages on on, on review sites. Yeah, it's it's, saying nice things.
1: Here's a bunch of silly goofs about the video game industry. Oops, now we've got to stop and think about the video game industry and how to make it so people can have good, fun, silly goofs, uh, you know, and not have bad stuff going on. Yeah. Who hunts the whale? We, We did that. We did.
0: Strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm
1: not Laura Kate Magnodale. And I'm not Jane Harris Magnatale, and welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's a podcast. Two queer trans women, that's us. We're that's us. We're, we're, we're wifey types. We are. We have a bit of a catch-up every week about what we've been up to media wise and we do silly voices and skits and we just try and have a bit of a catch-up and a giggle with each other. Yeah. What have you been up to this week? Well,
0: we're having another Steam Next Fest, so I thought I'd give a look to a bunch of demo stuff.
1: So this this, this would be things you've been playing? This would be things I've been playing.
0: Well, What have you been playing demos for? Well, I played a game called uh, Plan B Terraform, Ooh. which is a... I guess there will probably be a decent amount of terraforming in it, but you are kind of indirectly terraforming. You are charged with making sure the... Fledgling uh, populace on Mars, or on this strange planet rather, have mm. have have what they need. And it's kind of got a, like, a Factorio-type idea, I but with, without the Factorio devs. Yeah. So, it's, it's pretty basic. So, like, you you like, okay, there are three, the, the entire planet is made up of hexagons, bar a few heptagons at the poles. Mm, just uh, just, uh, just hide a few things but uh, it's very impressive considering it is a globe that's almost entirely made of hexagons <laughs> and uh, basically it's like okay, the first thing these people are going to need is a lot of concrete like cool, okay how do I make concrete? well, you mine uh, sulfur I think it is okay. and then you use a factory to turn the sulfur into concrete and then you, make, you build roads and you ship the, uh, the concrete along those roads to shipping centres, and then the shipping centres will just distribute that automatically to the little settlements. That makes sense so far. That makes sense so far. The problem is, you don't have enough buildings, starting buildings, to just go straight to mining concrete. Okay. Like, if you could, but you wouldn't be able to do anything else, and there are other things you need. Hmm. So, where you want to start is mining iron. Going to mine iron, going to turn that iron into steel bars, going to turn those steel bars into machine parts. Okay. You can use those machine parts to build more factories that build more things, like miners. Yeah. You build more miners, you build more factories, you build more sort of component builder type things. Once you've got a little base of, okay, I've got a constant ticking of all the little things I need to do more... Uh, getting of the the very basic stuff you can you can just do that run it run it straight in there it's like okay well what next well next should finally get around to that concrete cool okay i've built enough things i can do the concrete i can get the concrete going i can even i even have enough factories now to build the roads and the stop points on the roads yeah so i have enough inventory to like build that type of stuff cool okay now you've leveled up and the cities that you've been supplying have all leveled up as well. Oh. So the cities now want oxygen as well. So you need to start building atmospheric processors. But they need machine parts and aluminium bars. So you have to start mining aluminium. But also shipping your uh, machine parts to wherever it is you're building your aluminium. So that you can start combining those into something else. So you're running like logistics all across the planet. You don't necessarily need something of everything in every place as long as you can get the essential ingredients like oxygen yeah. and uh, concrete to each of the, the cities. And as you sort of progress up each level, you'll start seeing the little... What started is basically just like a lunar lander and like one sort of habitat pod that looks a bit like a shipping c- cargo container. And and maybe there's just a few things strewn, or strewn around on the floor. And eventually you're just sort of watching them grow and, and spread out and, and becoming like more of a population. Yay. It's a really fun little game, but at the moment, the demo absolutely tries to boil my graphics card. Yeah, I don't know if it's something to do with the maths processing for the, all the hexagons or just the fact that I've got a
1: 2070
0: should be running things yeah. okay, I, I, I feel. Mean,
1: Look, maybe it's just... Unoptimized, unfinished game that is using a lot more power than it should. Because yeah, we got it running on our dev machine; it's probably fine.
0: Well, it was interesting because I went onto the the community page to see what it was like. The I, I hadn't even realised it was boiling things the first mm. time I played through it because I played all the way through the demo. I was like, that yeah. was really good. You know what? I'm going to do a stream of of a bunch of demos because I've I've had fun with some demos recently. I yeah. think it'd be cool to do. And everyone was like, we're getting, like, one frame a second. So I popped open, my task manager was like, oh, my graphics card is almost on fire, and it's using, like, 99% of itself. I was like, that's probably not a great sign. Yeah. So, yeah, checked out the um, community hub, and there were a couple of people saying, yeah, it's great, boils my graphics card, don't know why. it." and the dev was like mm.
1: oh, no, it should definitely shouldn't be doing that it really sounds like they've got some kind of like memory leak that is a pl- uh, uh, like happening with some component that they don't have in their testing yeah, machines maybe, like, like it, it sounds maybe it's like there is an a... amd
0: graphics card or something yeah
1: it's that the... It, it, it's like when you find that your pc is running at like ridiculous gpu uh, cpu percent because mm. your browser has decided i'm going to take 90 percent of your cpu for browsing the internet it's it's one of oh, those chrome like, loved to do that that's why yeah. i stopped using chrome oh god same but like it, it feels like it's one of those like they've not properly limited it from taking control of the the components or something.
0: Yeah, like my CPU was fine, and my 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 uh, graphics card was just like, help me! Yeah. It's the first time like since building that damn machine a couple of years ago, just going. Oh, maybe it is about time I upgraded my my graphics. I, card. I get
1: the feeling it's maybe not you. I don't think
0: it's just me, but I mean, generally, I I can run a lot of stuff, and occasionally something goes a bit wrong, and I'm like, er, maybe it is. <laughs> Maybe it is, but um, yeah. What, what what have you? What have you been playing? Ah,
1: uh, I've been playing through Metroid Prime Remastered. Yeah, you just finished it, right? I I just saw the credits roll. Um, I, there's a lot of there's a lot of collectibles I didn't collect on the way through, but I was like. I've got a bunch of work stuff coming up, and I don't know when I'm going to get time to come back to this if I don't mm-hmm. finish it now. So I was like, right. I'm just going to do a playthrough where like, I'm d- I'll am find what I find and what I don't, that's fine, and I'll see it through oh. to the end. Uh, I think I took about 15 hours. Um, that game holds up really well. Uh, this is, at its core, the original 2002 Metroid Prime. Literally. It- uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's built on the the old source code. They've just replaced a bunch of the visual visual assets, redone the lighting, and given you dual, dual stick control. Mm-hmm. And it plays better than it originally did, and it looks really nice, and it runs you know it it runs really nicely. That game's core design loop, I think, is still really impressive. Mm. And I really appreciate some of the quality of life stuff that came in. Some of it was introduced in the trilogy remaster on Wii. Some of it mm-hmm. was introduced here on the Switch version. But things like, if you've spent a while wandering around and not made progress towards the next, like... The next thing you need to start unlocking new things. Mm. It will put up a little on-screen notification and you can press plus And it won't show you the way to get there, but it'll go... It's in this one of the areas and it's in sort of this direction. Mm. Um, we won't show you how to get there, but at least you know, like, okay, go to that that map and start trying to head, like, northwest, I guess, and see if you can find a way that way. Yeah. It'll sort of give you just Nudgy. enough of a nudge to get you the right direction. Yeah, without outright telling you. Yep. Um, difficulty options, which is always appreciated to have there. Proper joystick controls, which is nice. Um, it just feels like a nice modernization of a game that, like, has aged very well, and this is a very nice bringing it up to modern standards. Mm. Like, it doesn't feel like a 20-year-old game. It's it's one of the better GameCube era games in terms of you gave it a slight new coat of paint, and it, it doesn't play like an old game. Yeah. Which is really nice. Um, that being said, uh, kind of shitty that the developers of the new version... Uh, didn't credit the developers of the original game in the What's... credits. Yeah, I found about about this yesterday. Uh, the credits have all of the people listed by name who worked on this remake, and then at the end go, and thank you to everyone who worked on the original. Hmm. As like a blanket thing, like none of their names included. It's just everyone who made the game before, thank you. Ye- Which is like, oh, that's kind of <laughs> shitty. Um, Yikes. But that aside it's it's metroid prime it plays it plays really well um as someone that struggles with orienting myself in those kind of like metroidvania type games particularly 3d ones Mm -hmm. that little bit of that little bit of nudging this is the most confidently i have played through metroid prime and gotten to the end of it and not needed to constantly look at walkthroughs and i felt very proud of myself what about you? What you've been playing? Ah, uh, played some more demos. Tell me about more demos. I uh,
0: played uh, Mika and the Witch of the Mountain. Ooh, which is uh, coming to Kickstarter soon. If you're interested in that sort of thing, it is about a, uh, a child who wants to be a witch, and they uh, they've got their broom, and they've they've got their their, their 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 a few ingredients they were supposed to bring, and they're ready. They're going to go and train to be a witch, and they go and see the witch at the top of the mountain, and the witch is like. Mm. no, you've got to make it all the way up the mountain on your own and just kicks you off the side of the mountain. Oh, no. And you land on a beach and you have to go and learn to basically be a, 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 of use to your community. Mm. So you you meet several people. The first thing you have to do is deal with the fact that your, your broom's broken. Oh, no. You meet someone who looks a little bit like Kiki from Kiki's Delivery Service. Aww. Uh, who is like oh yeah i can can probably fix your broom a bit for you i can do like a basic repair and and your main character's like cool okay cool that's great thanks (laughs) and and the the person who repaired it is like this is a really rickety broom with a very basic repair so it's okay thanks bye and you go off and get get a job as just a, a like a parcel delivery person meet some of the people around town there's a little kitty that little kitty is on a little frog shaped chair Aww. that is adorable uh, you you meet uh, a, a, an old man who's kind of a bit lonely and his uh, grandson i think works out on on the fishing boat mm-hmm. and you have to like fly out to the fishing boat without dropping your cargo in the water too often, oh. or at all really. Like, don't dunk the sandwiches in the water; they <laughs> get too salty. Yeah, and too damp. <laughs> damp sandwich. And yeah, it, it's very cute. There's not a lot there at the moment, but from what I've seen so far, it, it's been quite good fun. And uh, yeah, I I look forward to seeing what they do with it. It's it's very hard to tell right now, but as as a tech demo goes, the tech is there. It's it's fun to. Fly around on your broom, and as you get like a more powered up broom, you can start to fly a bit higher and get to different areas. Yay. So there, there was a good uh, game about witchcraft uh, out this <laughs> <uh,adaki Taco. laughs> uh, becoming available <laughs> <clears> this <throat> <sharp> week. Uh, what about you? What have you played?
1: Uh, I've been playing more playdate games as I continue to do so. Um, this week's playdate games were Spell Corked and Inventory Hero. C O
0: R K E D, uh, pardon? C O R K E D.
1: Yes, I spelt spelt corked. Oh, spell corked. <laughs> I thought there were two spellings of the word cork, and I was like, have I missed a pun where it's like, oh, it's that version of cork rather than the other one? <laughs> I mi- I it took me a second. Yeah, spell corked an adventure hero. Spell corked is a game about making potions for people on demand with um very limited instructions and trying to sort of build up your own recipe book for potions as you go by experimenting with things. Mm -hmm. You are like early 20s person in a place that doesn't have much in the way of magic. Mm -hmm. And people have like uh, a little bit of confusion about what your shop is about. They're like, maybe it's a cafe, maybe it does magic also, I'm not quite sure. And you try and make little potions for people and send them out in the post that will hopefully make the emotion they want of the strength they want okay um so for example early on there's one that's about um uh trying to make someone like a a joyful uh like a, a strong joy potion okay. and uh that starts off with like okay i've got coffee beans and i'm going to like get use the crank to be my little pestle and mortar and sort of gr- grind up these okay. these coffee beans really finely and do do all this nice sort of prep with them and Uh, in the end end up uh, you've got to mix your your cauldron and hooray I got uh, this sort of coffee based potion that would bring lots of happiness and joy and then someone the next day was like I want uh, a strong sadness po- a, a strong like negative emotion potion because i'm just feeling too happy and it's really like it's weird it's unnatural i want to i want to level myself out i'm a little too i'm feeling a bit manic I'm fe- exactly i'm feeling a little manic and i want something to bring me down okay. so you make them a potion but instead of grinding up the coffee beans in your pestle and mortar you just put the whole coffee beans in you're like i'm not prepping them at all I'm nom, nom, nom. like deliberately going out of your way to do not what would work to make a nice happy coffee potion to be like, oh, thank you for this thing that really levelled my day out and sort of brought me down a bit. Thank you for that. Okay. Um, and all of it's being sort of collated and collected in this little uh, grimoire. So you're sort of as you experiment with things, getting a better sense of what re- what you do to get what recipe results. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sort of takes experimentation. Um, and you've got a little rating system and you're getting little reviews, so okay. not only do you see like how closely you match to what they asked for when you send the potion out, but you'll get a little review about how, how it went for them okay. uh, that builds towards sort of progression stuff later. Um, weirdly, it's the first Playdate game that I have played in all of this first batch of games to use the 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 accelerometers on the Playdate. Oh, I didn't know that was a thing, or I knew that was a thing and forgot. Uh, that you could just tilt the device to do things, uh, and in this one, it, it's used for something really simple. It's just pouring the potion into the the cauldron. You just turn the playdate sideways and sort of do a little pouring motion. Um, it's very cute. It's got a great sense of humor. I'm curious to see where it's going, but it's 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 really charming. Yeah. Uh, the other one, and I think this might end up being one of my favorite games on the playdate. Like it's really it's it's really making a name for itself with yeah. me. Inventory Hero reminds me a lot of games like Loop Hero. Okay. Where you're not you're on a you're on a sort of fantasy adventure but you're not directly controlling the combat and the adventuring. You are managing some small little aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And much like Loop Hero, it's basically about inventory management. Oh yeah. This is a side scrolling uh like 2D perspective uh Legend of Zelda-esque game where your character is running from the left of the screen to the right fighting a bunch of enemies mm-hmm. and uh, picking up loot, and you basically have your D-pad uh, to go left and right in your inventory, A, to equip an item or, like, consume an item, and B, to throw an item away. Okay. Um And that is basically your whole controls. And it starts off nice and simple. You're like, you've got plenty of time to, you know, you, you defeat an enemy, you get an item, and you look, and you're like, okay, that's a helmet. What, uh, it's got a stat of five. Look over to my little character portrait. My current helmet is a three. Maybe I'll equip this. And then it starts getting faster and faster and faster. Um, And you start getting to the point where very quickly your inventory is uh, filling up and you're maybe just going to start throwing some things away just to make sure you have more space so that you don't miss out on things that could be coming in. And then it starts deliberately throwing at you things with like bad stats or negative stats in some cases, like a healing item that might make you lose health uh, to sort of get over your instinct of I saw a food item, I'll click yes on it and eat right. it. Uh, like, the first boss fight was one where you were having to, like, constantly throw like throw mountains of gear out really quickly to find um, bombs that you could throw back at the boss to mm-hmm. do big damage uh, while trying to just find... It was, like, tearing through my equipment and my armour, so I was trying to find enough new pieces of armour to replace the ones I had that had good enough stats to keep me from dying mm-hmm. while throwing out trash and not accidentally consuming healing items that were going to hurt me, and only eating the good ones, and being like, oh, and there's the bomb that's going to do damage. It's just a very frantic game of handling, like, six inventory slots very, very quickly, while a silly little self-running RPG is coming. Okay. And, like, Loop Hero is the thing I keep coming back to compare to on this. Yeah. Where, like, the thing, the place where this sort of differs is Loop, loop Hero gives you time to make those inventory decisions I think it's more about like you've got a lot of
0: other stuff going on as well so
1: loop hero is somewhat about like building the, the, the run you're gonna go through and building your build that will survive this is less about long term thinking it's less about like planning for what's coming next building a build that's gonna like be a permanent thing you stick with it's just we're gonna throw loads of things at you and you need to make a lot of very quick decisions about whether that is better or worse than what you currently have and do you or do you not want it um and as chaotic as it sounds it's really fun it's such a simple little concept but it comes together so well and i could see myself playing a lot of this it it feels really perfect for like little bursts of play Mm -hmm. like while traveling stuff like that this is gonna be one of those games i i play a lot of um is I'm looking forward to when I've when i got travel coming up with, to bring the play because it's such a small little thing, but yeah. like this is the kind of thing that I'm going to be playing a bunch of on it. Yeah. Um. What about you? What have you played this week? Uh, I played another demo. This one's called I Am Future. Tell me about I Am Future.
0: So you are a a beardy fellow who wakes up from some kind of uh, cryo sleep. You've been asleep for six years, six days, uh, six years, six months, and five days. So you almost made it to the fun number, <laughs> but not quite. And you've got no memory. The world is seemingly unoccupied and it's there's just water everywhere. So it implies that at some point the ocean levels rose to such a point where you've just got the top of skyscrapers to live on. Oh no. And it's quite a nice aesthetic of like that. Slightly overgrown nature is trying to reclaim the city yeah. in a kind of cartoony style. And also, like, a lot of things that were metal are kind of waste now, so maybe you'll just need to, like, cut them down into, like, metal sheets and maybe use the metal sheets, but whatever they were isn't necessarily very useful to you anymore. Yeah. And there are sort of weird, toxic plants that grow and spread, like, mm. dangerous-looking germs and things and you're basically trying to have to sort of fight off the plants occasionally pulling um weird little electric caterpillars off of any electrical equipment you have because they will basically destroy everything including your talking fridge
1: oh no (laughs) not your talking fridge yeah
0: Uh, apparently there used to be a company that would take people remove their like personalities and put them into electrical equipment after remodifying them. So I guess the, at some point there was just this, some horrible dystopia that we have lived through. And oh. it seems like the implication might be that the person you're playing was the head of the corporation that was doing that to people. Uh-huh. So I don't know if I'm supposed to be rooting for this person.
1: That is reminding me a lot of it. I saw a clip of a Black Mirror episode I hadn't thought about in a while recently. Right? <laughs> so That is reminding me of a lot
0: yeah
1: oh yeah no someone someone who was in a, a coma or something and their body got put put into initially their partner's brain and then when their partner got annoyed with ha- their their ex got annoyed with having them in their brain put them in a little stuffed toy they could only, oh, yeah, I could remember only communicate that. with the buttons yeah i vaguely remember yeah that. it was a whole thing it was pretty fucking terrifying yes yeah yes, it was. Yeah. We should watch
0: Black Mirror again. It's been ages.
1: I'm up for rewatching it at Yay. some point. But yes, no, that that particular flavor of dystopia, I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, that's 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 a kind of fucked up one.
0: Yep. I I couldn't afford to keep up my payments, so now I guess I'm a fridge, uh. a quirky, quirky fridge. Uh, but yeah, it's like I like enjoyed the loop of it. I enjoyed the mechanics of it. It's you can tell it's a demo. There are a, a few things that just don't seem to work quite right. But yeah, I, I'm. I, I enjoy the loop and I like the aesthetics. It took me a little while to work out what how the hell the fishing minigame works, because of course it's got a freaking fishing minigame in it.
1: Is it even a video game if it doesn't have a fishing minigame? I bloody hate fishing
2: minigames,
0: No, a they're a everywhere. Not a fan. <laughs> no. But, um... Like, I had wasted all of the free bait that I was given <laughs> no. at, the, at the beginning of the game before I'd even worked out how fish do. <laughs> but, uh, yeah... And even then I wasn't quite sure, but it worked out in the end. But, yeah, it's it needs some polish. Obviously not done yet. We'll see what happens. There are a lot of interesting games coming. There are some nice demos for them. I am concerned that most of them seem to be releasing into early access. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe that's just a problem with the industry as a whole anymore. It's impossible, if you want to be the kind of person who makes a game, to, like release the whole thing yeah. before it's finished because it costs a lot of money to do
1: i have games coming out that that coming out in early access that i'm like cool i'll play it when it's in 1.0 yeah
0: yeah
1: lots of stuff i keep looking at
0: and going oh that looks really cool oh it's in early access yeah i think the part doesn't help that i've been i like i've seen early access become a thing yeah since before it was a thing and the number of times i've gone oh that looks really cool and then purchased it because it seemed like there was enough game already. Yeah. Or because YouTubers were being paid to promote it and made it look like it was more complete than it was. And then it's like, well,
1: no, it's not finished. There is one game I might consider picking up in early access. Yeah. And it's only because the, the it's a sequel to a game that was also in early access that really did well off of that business model and yeah. that I have trust in the developer. Hades 2. Oh, yeah. Hades 2 might be the one that gets me to play an early access That's game, because, yep, the first Hades were made with early access, and they sure did use that as an excuse to put a fuck ton of content in there. Yeah. And I, I'm willing to trust them to do that again. Yeah, I think if they've got a, a proven
0: history of making good quality stuff, I, c- I can understand that. There's a lot of devs I wouldn't trust with that, though. Yeah, I think, uh was it? um Dwarves, I think it was called. That just sort of got heavily advertised, heavily pushed by a lot of YouTubers, and then just never got finished, and the developer just vanished. Project Zomboid, which doesn't seem to be in much better state than it was when I first picked it up ten years ago. Secret yeah. of Grindia, which has had more content, quite a lot more content, but it now seems so, so close to being at the end. It's just like, please finish this. You're so close. Just do it.
1: Just get over the finish line. Yeah,
0: it's frustrating. that I I think sometime like a couple of years ago, they put up a big update and I was like, I played through it all and really enjoyed that so far. And then they were like, the next one's probably going to be the end of the game with all the finale stuff. We're just wrapping it up. And it's like, yeah, still been another two years. And I'm pretty sure I I picked this
1: up like eight or nine years ago now when you are getting paid for your game regardless of whether it's finished or not it is really easy I imagine to do the thing of yeah but it's not quite perfect yet though I'll just like keep working on it a bit longer
0: I, th- I think the other problem is of course that people you know people's situations have changed especially over the last few years and people who probably could afford to be doing part time stuff suddenly found themselves being able to go no I actually can't I really desperately need to find work but yeah. you know, I I am sure there are lots of uh, of of mitigating circumstances and understandable reasons. But I am getting a lot more shy about picking up early access stuff than I used to be. Oh god, yeah. But um, yeah, I'd like I I want to know that it is playable to a point where if they did disappear tomorrow, I wouldn't mind so much. Like yeah. Planet Crafter, I've played through that twice. Yeah, it's had a good few updates even since then that i haven't gone back to because i think playing through it twice as much as i did going yeah there's probably going to be more they're going to stick an end in that like i already feel i've had a good 12 quid out of that but so i'm not going to be disappointed if it doesn't ever come but it you know they're keeping people relatively updated they are seemingly still working on it so don't feel
1: that's it's too bad without if you can if you can be in a position where if nothing else gets added you'll still be happy with your purchase yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, what have you played? Uh I've not played a lot else this week. I'm just double checking. What well, we we played some things together. We did. Uh, we played we played a few more games of War of the Ring. We did. The I big, finally won one of two, yeah. two, yes. Big big Lord of the Rings war game. Yeah. Uh we we've been playing a few games sort of flipped on which sides we were controlling and yes. I think that second game as the sort of flipped factions clicked a bit more for us on, on the new factions. Yeah, you definitely scored more points as the uh, the shadow. I got 9 out of 10 on the
0: military victory attempts. Yeah, a point I was just like, leg it up the mountain, Frodo, go, go, go,
2: go, go
1: yeah none of my my big red tokens that would have like corrupted you and stopped you moving none of them came out no. you had like three of your blue everything is good tokens everything is good and, and in fact one of them is like lose some corruption Go. yeah you had a very lucky climate man dude. yeah like i i was like a t- if i'd had like another turn or two i might oh, have yeah. been able to do it but
0: oh, I mean that was the whole thing i was like just leg it leg it up that mountain as fast as possible yeah. If I take Corruption, I take Corruption. Like, I went in there with... I think I went into Mortal with 4 Corruptions. So. Oh yeah, no,
1: 4 is like a fantastic little number to go in with if yeah. you can. Uh, but I, I got better at working at how to, how to do the army stuff. And you did great,
0: and so did I. I didn't, hmm. like, immediately lose a bunch of stuff uh, in, in in a really bad way. I didn't reinforce too heavily in any specific area. And then realize I haven't got any reinforcements to put in anymore. <laughs> uh, I feel like i did a a generally better job of splitting up the way i split up the party even if i
1: you did lose strider i
0: risked strider and lost strider well no
1: straight you were like oh i don't want to lose strider and i was like "Oh, well you have the option of losing a random party member and the random party member just happened to also be strider
0: yeah that was like the. that i i think i'd barely left rivendell i think i might have had like one one turn and it was
1: Oh, it was so painful. It's a thing that it happens once, and you're like, cool, I I will never let that happen again.
0: I, I don't think it helps that then, like, the following ten or so strategy cards I, or event cards I picked up were just like, <laughs> if 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 you got Aragorn or Strider in the party, if you've got Aragorn or Strider in the party, if you've got a- Aragorn or Strider in the party,
2: fuck!
1: Yeah.
0: How could this
2: happen to me?
1: Yes, the, um... There are certain party members that are worth just getting out of the Fellowship ASAP just to make sure they're safe. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, what? What about you? Well, well, we also played some more Vagrant songs. We did. We played a bunch more of that.
0: We've, we've, I, we've seemed like we're about to go through a second door.
1: So we're, what, eight
0: missions in, I think, now? Round eight, seven or eight missions down?
1: I continue to very much enjoy a lot of the ideas they have for missions, yeah. even if on occasion they're not terribly well explained. Yes. Um, but I generally feel like we've had some very tense encounters. It's, yeah. it's been a pretty good gradual build-in difficulty. I, mean, I was
0: nearly westbound in the last two missions. Yeah. Because
1: I'd taken quite so much damage and then utterly
0: failed on my uh, self-healing rolls.
1: But again, it never felt like we were like had no chance of winning. It was just yeah. like it. It felt paced to be like we are real down to the wire, and we're mm. going to have to spend some resources, but we can do this.
0: We had our first mission where there were consequences for the way we had played certain other missions, yep. which was quite nice.
1: Uh, we started to have like I, I I'm I'm happy that the game seems to be throwing new mechanics at us still. Yeah, uh, and finding new ways to make similar setups feel distinct from each other. Yes, and the
0: fact that like we've we've been basically using the same set of uh, eighteen reversible tiles that have made up different kinds of scenery for different yeah. types of things and have had various different effects. I am genuinely curious where where the rest of this story is going and and how much we've got left. Yeah. and is it just going to be a case of hey the the choices you made have locked off certain things or is it a case of you're going to experience it all one way or another just mm. in, in different orders like i am i'm curious about how that goes yeah but yeah it it's quite an interesting sort of chaptered uh situation so far
1: i'm very curious about a lot of the stuff it's doing structurally and narratively
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You play anything else? What about me? Have I played anything else? I pl- Oh, I played the new Vampire Survivors update. Oh yeah, how'd you find it? Ah, uh, yeah, it was all right. Yeah. Some some new bits. Not not too bad. There is. Uh... So, do you know about the new stuff? Have you tried yeah, it all yeah, out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we basically you add, we have a new level called Back Country, mm-hmm. which seemed like it was going to be quite interesting because it's just bats, 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 bats. <laughs> and I, I, I went in there, and the thing that confused me initially, the 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 first thing I spotted was like the checkerboard pattern on the floor. It's like, oh, is this Green Hill Zone? <laughs> yes, it's absolutely Green Green Hill Zone. Yeah. And then you get to like bits that look like they are like the edge of a lake or something, mm. and you get to the edge, and it's like, nope, there is there is no collision there. That's not stopping me. Just walking over that, <laughs> which is. Weird as far as backgrounds go, because initially, it's sort of a weird color rotating gradient that's sort of flicking around in the background, and eventually you realise it's the big sphere from Sonic.
1: Yeah, 3? it's it's the one where you're like collecting all the little circles to eventually get the Chaos Emerald. Yeah, so the, you, get, you get the blue spheres. That yeah, avoid the bonus the red stage spheres. thing. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yes. So the the Sonic Three and Sonic and Knuckles um bonus stage but also occasionally you'll get these squares popping up which are the walls for the bonus stage from sonic 1
2: mm-hmm. that change
0: color and almost always they're they're like um the like the braziers which mm-hmm. will give you stuff there is a, an inordinate number of uh the attract orbs yeah like constantly finding attract orbs in those damn things and there are two new uh artifacts to pick up in that level which will Achieve different things, mm. uh, including something fun for one of the characters. I'm not going to spoil it yeah. if you've not played it, but I was like, "Oh, it's that thing! Ah, that's funny." I'm
1: I'm really glad we're continuing to get periodic new free content. No, it's that like you know, there's that there's that one cheap little DLC, like paid yeah. DLC, but they're like, "No, no, no, we're going to keep we're not done adding stuff to the base game. No, yeah, keep giving free people is, new is, stuff." Is
0: that stuff in the mobile yet? Uh, not in the mobile version yet. Uh,
1: because you're you're yeah. still
0: playing it, yeah,
3: a
1: little bit.
0: Yeah, I I yeah. had to st- like take it off my phone because I was lying awake at three a.m. playing another run. As like I can't keep doing this.
1: That is that is entirely fair. This is unhealthy. Yeah, no, I it has been my like I've, I'll occasionally have it on while I'm doing a podcast. Just be like, yeah, it's pretty nice. Yeah. This it little... doesn't
0: require that much yeah. paying attention to it's my pretty light dopamine
1: equipment. machine occasionally yeah. once i've set it up and i just get some nonsense like this going
0: wow that is the lowest flame rate frame rate i've ever seen
1: in this game yeah no i am i am working hard on trying to work out how much i can break the frame rate on the mobile version uh,
0: well don't break your phone while you're at it but uh yeah no no,
1: no i'll keep the phone all right <laughs> i'm just putting some pressure on the app <laughs> take that in the app exactly um. Yeah, you played anything else, or is that us? Well, that is everything I played. Oh, well then, time for this. Are you
0: tired of rich white men getting away with all kinds of shit? Yeah. Doing just the worst things to the poorest in society. Yeah. Are you tired, just generally, of capitalism and capitalists? Mm-hmm. Why not try the all-new community spite latrine? We've installed a special kind of portal. So now, come on down, have a shite. It's gonna land on a capitalist.
2: Yay! Take that, Boris Johnson. I, 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 I seem to have a bit of shit on my on on my head. Uh, it's not even gold plated. Uh, Community spite latrine. It's
0: good. Okay, Sir so Chivalrous, It's time to tuck you in. I've got your little blanket there. Are you okay? Oh yes, 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 yes. Okay, and do you do you need do you need a little story before you go to bed?
2: No, oh, oh. no, no, no,
0: no. Uh, uh, maybe maybe a, a, a little little drink of of, of milk. And...
2: No, 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 no. Oh, okay,
0: no. okay. I'm gonna put, have to put the lance in the corner of the room.
2: Oh no, 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 no.
0: no. Oh, okay, well you can, I guess you can cuddle your lance. Oh yes, yes. yes. Okay, mm-hmm. there we go. I'm gonna give you a little. Little top of the helmet kiss there. Yeah. Chilly. Okay. Night, night. Ha <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got you got
1: me. What have you put in your eyes? Oh, what have we put in our eyes? Well, we're we're a little bit behind on talking about we've watched a bunch more of the Last of Us TV show. Yes. Uh in particular, we didn't talk about the fact we watched episode three of The Last of Us. Uh. Oh that was Heartbreaking. And beautiful and messy and complicated and That was a real that was a real interesting little nuanced story they told there. It was. It's I do want to see that two hour cut though. Oh, God, I don't <laughs> want to see that two-hour
0: cut. Beat. The two-hour cut that was in, enough to... Uh, was it one of the directors? Yeah. Saw the, saw the two-hour cut and was just crying until it was physically painful. Yeah.
1: It's... ah, uh, I I don't even know how... He, here's the thing. I felt completely yeah. wrung out after that episode. Yeah. But I still the, had work to do. The The thing I will say about that episode is... It's very rare that, like, two or three episodes into, like, a genre TV show, there is a standalone story that is strong enough that if you cut, like, if you cut, like, the first, five, uh, first and last five minutes off that episode, you could just have it as a self-contained short film that I yeah. think would make sense and would be just as impactful and works on its own. It's just a beautiful little bit of short storytelling. There it really is. Um, The... The cover of a song that appears in that mm-hmm. is fucking great. Mm. It's it's wonderful. I, I I said I said this when we watched it. I'm usually very critical of straight people playing queer characters. Yes. Um. They and, never get the kissing right. Yeah. And my understanding is that in this case, that wasn't the original plan, and stuff fell through, and it's how we got here. But um, uh, oh, what's his name? Nick Offerman. Um, uh, yeah, Nick Offerman bravo you 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 didn't you didn't do any of the things that i usually hate in these performances i was like no 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 i believe you and i think that i think he worked very well for the very specific story they were telling about the kind of the kind of character he was playing
0: yeah i mean i haven't really seen him in anything else so i don't expect anything of he's, him but he seems to have been sort of typecast as a, a
1: particular kind of guy yeah. as,
0: as i understand he, it. he
1: despite not being the, d- to my understanding not being this kind of person in in his real everyday life he's he's sort of and my understanding is he's a very progressive person but he gets cast a lot to play like kind of right-wing kind of conservative like very man's man manly Rappi-boom-a. man i am in charge types yeah um Like, very, the world revolves around me, let me eat a steak and drink a beer types. Right. And I think that is very effective casting for the kind of character they had in play and what they did with those expectations. Yeah, I mean, considering where that character starts from, that seems like a good choice for that. Yeah, it's... That whole episode is just, like, beautifully awkward and sweet and, like, it... It plays with a lot of nuance in ways that I really appreciate. It is a masterful bit of TV, that. Yeah,
0: I think they did a great job.
1: Yeah. Uh, and then we watched episodes four and five. Really? Uh, which made uh, a series of other changes that I really like. I'm really, I'm really positive about the changes they've been making to the source material with oh. this. Um, in particular, uh, and this is a thing that you won't necessarily have reference point for, I feel like they're doing a lot of changes to preemptively, like lay the groundwork more for what season two will be. Mm. Because I really like The Last of Us 2. I think it is a fantastic story about complicated people doing complicated things. And it's about revenge and revenge yeah, being it, a bad thing. Yeah, it? it is. It is a story about like the the cycle of revenge and revenge getting begetting re- revenge and people not being able to give up and just have what they still have mm-hmm. uh and self-destructive cycles and I think that this has been laid like one of the there's you know a lot of the complaints about that were like shitty and bigoted but like there were some genuine complaints to be had I think of feeling like there was not a huge amount of ramp up of those themes in the f- in the first game mm-hmm. and I can I, I I don't agree with those complaints but I can see them and I think the show is doing a pretty good job of starting to, Feed in characters having similar loops early to reinforce that as a re- recurring mm. motif. Um, episode 5 in particular, the woman that was running the uh, the big sort of militia, yes. I think is a very good example of that. Um, revenge to the point of losing everything in pursuit of it. Fascism. Yeah, well, I mean, e- even outside of fascism, it's the you took something from me and I can't let you get away with that. I can't let you go unpunished.
0: Now I will hunt you to death and yeah. everyone who have ever associated with. you. Yeah.
1: I I will hunt you to the point of my own destruction. Yeah. And I, like, there's little things like that that, like, because she, she's not a character from the games. I have heard this. Yep. And I think that her include, like, there's lots of little tweaks like that that I really liked. She seems like the kind of person that would end
0: up leading the militia that successfully overthrows the yeah quote unquote remains of the government,
1: but it's i I like what they did with the the kind of person you have to be to overthrow a, a a regime may lead to you perpetuating some of the very things you tried to overthrow. yeah
0: you might be the kind of person that's perfect for getting the re- regime overthrown, but maybe at that point you should walk away and let someone else yeah run
1: a more peaceful situation yeah. I really liked what they did this all the stuff they did with Henry and Sam um, I, oh yep yeah uh I really like I I really liked the tu- the stuff that was I really like the impact that having Sam be deaf hmm. had on the story. I don't think it fundamentally changed any plot points, but I think it added a lot of weight to a lot of character interactions. Hmm. And presented a lot of dynamics very clearly. Also, I think it helped with expositional stuff.
0: Yeah. From a point of view of these characters have to interact in a very specific way. Mm. Uh, specifically, of like Sam and Ellie. Yes. And just the way that the writing back and forth has to be. Yeah. Has to be dealt with.
1: It. It is. But it's. It's. Yeah. I I think that they integrated that really well and I'm so happy to hear about how behind the scenes how on board the entire crew got with learning ASL yeah. to make sure they were accommodating while having uh, a deaf ASL user in in the yeah. cast that was really nice but like and as
0: I said at the time I think that like l- ASL for people who need to be quiet on set
1: right seems like just the perfect skill to have on any kind of film shoot exactly but yeah it's every time they've made a change to the source material i'm i'm very i don't i genuinely don't think they've made a bad change to hmm. the source material yet i'm very pleased with this and like at this at this point i think this is telling this story better than the game has done i i feel like if someone wanted to experience that story this might be a better place to point them right now
0: yeah. and i think there's sometimes the risk with the video games that want to be cinematic sometimes like maybe you would just be better off with getting those people to make a good film yeah
1: yeah uh it's it's the last of us has been real good it's intense but good. oh yeah
0: it's it's intense it's heartbreaking it's
1: silly sometimes Which is a nice little, it yeah, it's 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 Ellie's joke book. (laughs) Oh, I'm so I'm so glad that came across from the games. It is, it's so good, because I I I you need a little bit of levity every now and then to just break the tension of the bleak that is everything. Yeah. it's good. Well, what what about you? What do you what are you putting in your eyes this what week? don't I
0: putting my eyes. Well, I watched, well, watched watched a couple of things this week. Uh I watched a couple of videos on the Ableton channel on YouTube. Yeah. I don't have Ableton. I have FL Studio, but sometimes it's just nice to watch stuff about uh making music and and this week I've been learning how to make I I learned how to replicate the Amen break uh I... by the Winstons. Uh, from Amen Brother, which is like the foundation of hip hop, drum, drum and bass, yeah. and jungle. Uh, so I I learnt how to recreate that, and then I learnt how to chop it, and ended up uh, as a result of that with YouTube recommending me Breakbeat Deconstruction from hip hop to drum and bass and beyond, Ooh. which is a video about the history of uh, like sampling breaks mm. and like what were the the most common ones and the the ways they were used like for everything from hey the very first sampler could basically record 1 second of audio <laughs> but what if we you, like played the music into the sampler at like a higher speed by just like speeding up the record <laughs> while you played it in so you could get more and then stretch it out which would lead to like, kind of a different sound, but that Mm. almost became a signature sound for the whole, like, early movement of of that kind of sampling. And then talking about, like, the way you can trace some of this stuff back. Because, I I don't know if you've ever, like, looked at sites like who sampled it. Hmm. it's like a i swear that is a thing from something else like yeah. wh- what is this so used in i've not used? been there
1: directly but i've recently been getting tiktoks of people using that site samples? it's
0: great yeah. because there's been a couple of times it's like i know that that tune but that is not the original one and who samples is like oh yeah it's here is the original and here's like all the other things that has been sampled and it's like yeah, it's 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 cool yeah. that that's still an option In an age of heavy copyright IP (laughs) that we still have things that are sampled from other things because the remix is absolutely vital. Yeah, But it's it's interesting sort of going like trying to document something like the Amen Break. Here's the Amen Break, here's the different ways it's been used, here's the different ways it's been used in genres. As various technologies changed, the way people used time-stretching with Mm. things like... Okay, these these are the samples we've got. These are the ones we've used. But now, adding different nuances as time stretching came in, like the reason that a lot of early drum and bass and jungle used uh, like the heavy re-spaces, mm. the way they did is because once you put in like the amen break and chop it up to your drum and bass beat, mm. it's sped up. But because of that, it's pitch shifted up which ah. means there isn't a lot going on in the low end. So you've got time to like fuck about and put really funky um, mm. basses, like bass sounds in at the low end while still having that and then like having a bunch of, of room at the top as well. Yeah. It's um really fascinating. It's an interesting history. Uh, what about you? Neat. Have you watched anything else? Uh,
1: I've watched some other things. Let me see what I've, I've watched. Uh, we... We both watched uh, *Defunct Land*: uh, the history of where in the world is common San Diego. We did. Yeah, continues to they, they continue to put out real good sort Two of like little little mini documentaries. Yeah. Um, this one was about the history of where in the world is common San Diego, going from uh edutainment computer game through to public access kids educational game show Hmm. uh and a lot of the the path around that becoming the sort of cultural phenomenon it was in despite of a lot of things that could have gone wrong yes um including the fact that the world was
0: changing yes like hey this country doesn't exist between the the time we filmed this episode and the time it happened yes
1: the having to adopt all of these facts were correct at the time we filmed yes disclaimer yeah it's a real interesting little watch um uh other than that i'm seeing what else i i i put in my eyes i've been reading a book yeah yeah, it's been a while since since i've done that it wasn't who hunts the whale it wasn't who hunts the whale i've read that many times in the last year but uh Yeah, I'm currently reading a book, because I'm working on reviewing it, uh, called 28 Stories from the Section 28 Generation, uh, which is an anthology put together by Kestrel Guyon.
0: That's a great name.
1: Right. Um, And as you could probably guess and might imagine, it is 28 stories from different contributors, all structured around talking about Section 28, Uh, you know. Some of them, uh, I would say, probably a majority of them are from people who part of their education in the UK was during Section Twenty Eight, which, for anyone outside of the UK who isn't queer, who might not know, was a twenty or so year ban on uh, queer education in schools, and very specifically the
0: promotion of homosexuality. The promotion
1: of homosexuality, and uh, what well, it's one of those things that, even though no one was ever prosecuted under it, the uh, I really like the uh, the um, comparison someone makes in this book to the Panopticon. It, you don't have to be punished if the threat of punishment is anyone could be watching, anyone could report, and I don't want to test test the limits and see what the punishment is because I don't want to be the first and find out. Live in fear and of your
0: neighbours and children exactly. and Exactly. Live
1: in fear of anyone could report you. And that creating a sort of uh, society of, of silence around queer identity that had a profound impact on our whole generation of, of queer youth. Uh, but there was also sort of in there stories from people who, uh, who are older, who uh, finished school before Section 28 came into place and felt the impacts of it happening despite not being in school, uh, sort of talking about things like being a young adult who is just starting to feel ready to come out and then suddenly it feels like every queer person has vanished because they're all trying to keep their head you know, keep their heads down because of all the sort of um, uh, homophobic rhetoric that was going around in order to get it passed Mm. people who didn't necessarily live through it while in school uh, and came into school after it had already uh, been repealed but still found that that culture pervaded because it had become such a big part of how people had been taught to, to teach. To teach. Um, I really like that this uh, anthology includes a lot of trans voices mm. uh, and a lot of focus on trans people's experiences, which are often left out of discussions of Section 28. I like that a lot of these cis queer voices that are in there acknowledge the parallels to what's going on with the trans community right now and mm. very specifically there's a lot of good stories in there that that do the thing of saying i lived through it it's happening again i can see they're trying to do it to trans people now mm. there's a really good variety of styles of storytelling in there there is there is po- like poetry there is uh very short accounts that are sometimes like maybe a page and a half um you might have like a 25 page back and forth between two people done as a conversation. There's a lot of different types of storytelling used to break up flow, which I think is really important for an anthology that is heavy and very serious going. And everyone is talking about the same topic from different perspectives, but like Mm. there is a lot of, and here's another story about how terrible that thing was and that changing up of, of structures of storytelling I think helps to make it something I can get through yeah um it feels like a very important and very well put together book even if enjoying it is not necessarily the word I would use for it but mm. I I have a lot of respect for I have a lot of respect for the craft of anthology writing uh, uh, um, collating at work here mm. I think this editor has done a really good job of particularly i'm gonna say in like the first five or six essays setting a really strong thesis statement for what this book is going to be um the very first essay in the book is from a trans person uh the uh like there's there's a lot of like uh, the the second one is a very short essay the third one is a poem like doing a lot of things to go this is what this book can be early on Mm. to set expectations and i think that's a really strong start yeah I am maybe a little over half, maybe two-thirds of the way in, and definitely over half. Yeah, maybe two-thirds of the way in. It is a really good read that is certainly not gonna be for everyone, not everyone you know, you may know these things inside and out, you may be in a place where you don't need to subject yourself to a lot of very heavy reading. But even as someone that like I feel like I know a lot about the topic there are perspectives and experiences that are not mine that have been valuable to read and i feel like there is a lot of cishet people who could really fucking do with sitting and reading that book and probably a lot of
0: babby queers as well yeah
1: yeah a lot of a lot of young people as well and really taking on board the stories in it and looking at the current state of the world today and going this is what we are on the precipice of again, and we need to not let this repeat. Mm -hmm. And, like, I think the biggest takeaway I, I have had from this so far has been for so many people who went through Section 28, the thing that did the most damage was that they didn't know they were going through it. So many people who lived through it in their childhoods didn't know the name, didn't know that there was a specific law that was causing what was going on. It wasn't until hindsight that they could name what it was that was oppressing them. Mm. And a thing that's really important if we ever see any kind of attempt to reinstate something like this is to make sure that young people know there is a law, this is what's going on. And to make sure that that message is out there so that young people know what's happening and know that there is something they can fight back against. Mm. Something they can protest, something they can go, that needs to end. Yeah. A thing that really was lacking. Uh, Yeah, heavy topic, but really interesting book. Yeah. What about you? You been putting anything else in your
0: eyes this week? Uh, Yeah, I did put another one of those Ableton talks in my eyes. Yeah. This this one, this one uh, was called uh, New Horizons in Music, Polyrhythms. Uh, This was an uh, Adam Neely video Mm -hmm. uh, giving a talk about polyrhythms, which is something... I have heard a lot about in in the making of music, <laughs> and I very rarely it's it's very rarely explained well. It's like, what if there was one rhythm, but also another rhythm at the same time? Yeah, Polly, rhythm. It's like, yes, I understand the the language of it. I don't understand how to do it well necessarily, or what particularly would make it good, or or how to make it interesting or what makes it what what very specifically makes it bad and i think that video did a perfect job of explaining what it were uh, how it works mm. what makes it uh consonant what makes it more dissonant and the connections between the ratios of the uh the uh, the the different rhythms mm. and things like um, intervals yes so things like uh playing an octave is 2 to 1 mm. which is a very easy to explain polyrhythm yeah. and you then you have things like uh, a fit a perfect fifth which is i think 5 to 4 mm. I was like okay that makes sense and a, and a, a fifth sound fifth uh, perfect fifth sounds great that's, yeah. that's a good one. But then you've got like a diminished seventh. Mm. And the diminished seventh just is well, it's like 15, 8. And mm. it doesn't really sound like anything. And a few times it sort of sounds like something. It doesn't sound like anything good. <laughs> to, to, to my ears anyway. And the then like connecting that to frequency. And the way Isaac Newton talked about yeah, uh, color. like, okay, I've just, as the meme goes, I've just invented homosexuality. <laughs> and uh, I've discovered color. Here is the an original color reel where we describe seven colors on it and then sort of talking about them in the term in terms of musical notation. and mm-hmm. then going, and now with modern technology, we understand what frequency of like that is. And going actually, the way he described, like the difference between orange and blue being like a a, a fifth, is k- kind of where they sit. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's way beyond human hearing, cause and that's because that is just hyper, 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 and also it's a different kind of energy. Yeah. But the that connection of
1: yeah, technically that is a G. The ratio and relationship between them is equivalent.
0: Yeah, and, and also, like, the the sort it sort of opens talking about uh, synesthesia mm. from a point of view of that, I it's like I would be curious to know how much research there is about that, although they do sort of dash that one quite quickly by saying a lot of people have different experiences of colour with synesthesia yeah. which is interesting to me, because most of the people i know who have synesthesia i've seen them like sitting around at clubs with other people with synesthesia going yeah and that's very blue and that's very orange and almost universally oh. agreeing with each other
1: i've 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 spoken to some people with synesthesia that have had some wildly different perspectives
0: that's cool about yeah. i've not you know i i've obviously only had limited experience because i don't have synesthesia it's it's a weird world i imagine so <laughs> But yeah, I just thought that was sort of uh, a cool video in in more ways than one. And now I finally understand polyrhythms. I will probably not be making anything like a a tall album anytime soon. (laughs) Uh, What about you? Have you watched anything else? Uh, I think that's about it for me. What about you? That's everything for me. Well then, back to this. Laura, Laura, I've got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? Sir, well, do you sometimes have to go into meetings? Yeah, yeah. Do those meetings turn out to be utterly pointless? Oh, more often than not. Are you maybe spending more hours talking to people about the things you're supposed to be doing and where you are about the work you're supposed to be doing and and reporting on the things that you're supposed to be doing without actually doing any of of the actual work because you're in meetings talking about those things it's like you've lived my life this is very relatable content right here try meeting cost counter use our on screen overlay to show in real time how much money this meeting has cost the company so far oh
1: I see okay so I'll put the the, I'll put the the amount of money per hour and how many people there are in the meeting and that one's a manager so we'll pop that in oh that's going up quick it is it's really rocketing up Now, let's imagine that we skip forward. (gasps) This meeting
0: has been an hour and 40 minutes. Oh, that number's gone really high. That number's
1: gone way up. Oh, well, I I suspect that at this point, or considerably before this point, whoever's running that meeting probably would have gotten a move on and made it quicker. We can even set up
0: special notifications so the managing director knows how long you've been in that meeting. Maybe they're going to have to stop their middle managers from calling so many meetings. That's meetingcostcounter.lol.net Enter the code Q&PS246 probably And you can, can get this To get your managers out of fucking meetings And you stop wasting time Having to socially interact with people You probably don't like very much Just let me get on with the work Inside the boardroom of Supremacy Software
2: Hi Hi uh, I, okay, this is real bad. What, 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 what's going on? Well, uh, you know how occasionally we have, find out about a, a leak here or there, you know? Yeah. Something yeah. gets out, and, yeah. and and sometimes that's, you know, me, because. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's marketing, it's all marketing, it's all part of yeah, the hype, all, you know? It's all, it's all, you know, any, any publicity is good publicity and all that. Well, maybe not. Oh. Have you, have you seen this book? no what what, what? yeah that there, there is a, an expose of everything here at supremacy software. Oh no yeah everything we have done this year has been uh, is been written in a book. They seem to have uh, inside information about this very boardroom and you know, our our plans the way you know we dealt with some of the issues around, certain problematic members of staff are you suggesting that there is a book that is inside the boardroom of supremacy software yeah they're right here inside the boardroom of supremacy software Uh, and i don't know who would have been leaking this stuff who would have told the press about this but I, i i swear when we find out we are gonna drag them through the courts they're they they've signed the ndas they yeah, signed the yeah. non-disparagement agreements, and I am ready to just go out and y- y- write that down. You, write that down. Yeah, get me coffee while you're at it. Yeah, get me another coffee as well. I knock this one over and clean that one up. <laughs> <laughs> you are a fucking genius. I know. I kind of wanted that coffee. I mean, it was worth it for the, uh... Oh, it's going to be fun watching her mop it up. <laughs> So,
1: huh.
0: what have you put in your ears? What have you listened to? Uh,
1: I've put a couple of bits of new music in my ears. I listened to some new songs this week. Uh, I listened to a song called The Last Great Sweetheart of the Grand Electric Rodeo by Sarah and the Safe Word. Okay. Uh, it's it, It's got the energy of, a, of like a fun storytelling kind of song without having necessarily a lot of plot actually happening. It's It's very visual storytelling language without really going anywhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's got a fun mix of, like, rock guitars, um, sort of classical string instruments, a lot of cowbell thrown in. It's a very lyric-forward song. There's a lot of, like, world-building and trying to set up a setting. Uh, Lots of talk of, like, vampires versus robot cowboys. Like, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on there, but there's also, um... The song's a little like on the nose lyrically at points And I found it amusing I do I There's a little bit of it feels like it's trying to lyrically pat itself on the back And go don't you see, don't you see how smart a thing we've just done oh. And I'm gonna read you a small segment of the lyrics To give you a sense of what I mean there She was raised in the middle of nowhere The middle of nowhere was the actual name of the town she lived in She actually lived in the middle of nowhere And that's how the story goes like a little you, you see the sort of like ahaha, we did the did you see did you see we oh that oh we did it oh we did that, mm-hmm. and like I don't hate it in context, <laughs> but there's part of me as a writer that really that really cringes at the choice. I'm like okay okay okay, but I I had a fun bop to it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I listened to a song called "Dude, Where's My Skin?" Ooh. by Schoolyard Heroes. Uh, fem vocal, very like heavy guitar rock um the kind of thing that's like i imagine you'd listen to in the back of a beat-up car with a bunch of friends going down the motorway um right you you get the vibe yeah yeah like it would be on a it would be on a cassette player that (sighs) someone that had a wire coming out of the cassette port that you could plug into an mp3 player it'd be like that um but the vocal line is more sort of like gothic rock in places. That sort of like very melodic, very gentle, into more shouty rock. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting contrast. Uh, I also listened to a track called People Pleaser by Yet to Bloom. Uh, another sort of femme vocal rock track, this time about trying to be a people pleaser to a self-destructive degree. Oh, I can't imagine finding find, finding a song like that relatable. And uh, not being sure who who you are when you either fail to people, please, or nobody needs you to people, please mm. um I think that the track works really well by having a sort of softer femme vocal in that it it feels like it's sung from a fe- a feminine perspective uh with the sort of expectation of labor for others that that perspective can come from uh and uses lots of ethereal sounds for sort of emphasis on lyrical content about feeling lost and unclear mm. it is a well-made song that i think achieves what it's trying to do really well hey. uh and the last one uh was a song called ghost maze project uh-huh. by neko nomicon amazing name uh it was a really intense six minute track that mashes synths uh, a lot of dance music sounds uh, a lot of rock music that I would describe as, like, Dance Dance Revolution rock. Yeah. Uh, it, it, and then a bunch of, like, like heavier metal in there over nice. six minutes. It's the kind of track that someone would mod into, like, a custom Guitar Hero track yeah. generator. Um, it's unapologetically grand, and I do respect how effectively it weaves between these wildly disparate sounds and energies uh, at high speed mm-hmm. it feels like a very grand track it doesn't feel six minutes long <laughs> uh it, it is impressive even if i can't picture hearing it anywhere but like an arcade being played over a kind of bad quality speaker while someone's playing air hockey in the background like that's <laughs> that's where that song would live Uh, So yeah, those are some new bits of music I listened to this week. Nice. What about you? What about me? Uh, We
0: listened to the uh, Ralph Bakshi, Lord of the Rings uh, movie soundtrack. We did. gave us something to play while you were trying to invade the Greyhavens and and Lotharion. Yeah. Which you did quite successfully.
1: I was yeah, that was doing pretty good. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's it's very dramatic. It is very dramatic. It's so dramatic. It's got none of it. It's got none of the subtlety that the uh, Peter Jackson movie soundtrack had. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was it was it was fun to give that a listen to, because we have listened to the the Peter Jackson movie soundtrack a lot while playing. Yes, eh, just a few times. It was nice to have a bit of a difference. Didn't help. I cannot find my uh, audio CD for the uh, Lord of the Rings BBC audio drama version because there's there's some good music in that too. Uh, yeah. What else did I've got? Got a couple of things. Oh, the Miranda Brothers, through the fire and the flames, accordion cover.
1: That is, an in, I imagine, an intense song to try and play on an accordion.
0: Two accordions. It's two people playing playing on two accordions and... It still seems like a lot of goodness. work. <laughs> oh my goodness. Like, that seems like,
1: yeah, like a huge workout for anyone. Uh, I think post-podcast, but before I go and have my nap. I think we might have to watch that. I'm curious <laughs> now.
0: Yeah, it's it's quite a spectacle. I think this came about for the fact that I was watching um a Luke Westaway video. He did a like a 10,000 sub- YouTube subscriber hmm. uh, video of, hey, you've all been talking about the fact that I've got an accordion in the background of my setup and yeah. you want to know about the accordion. Well, I'll tell you about the accordion. I was like, oh, okay, cool. That's quite interesting. I learned some things about the accordion as an instrument that were very interesting. But uh, yeah, that's now put accordion content in my
1: YouTube recommends. As, as, as these things do.
0: Yeah. Uh, also, uh, I think, actually, that was it. That was the only yeah. other thing I'm listening to. Oh, well then,
3: back for this. Oh, 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 bro. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, you, you will not believe the gaming weekend I just had. Yeah, yeah, Ma- yeah. Marathon Sesh de Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. I've been playing this really, really hard game, right? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Uh, you, uh, you don't get a single save in the whole game. Nice, If you, if you nice. lose at any point, uh, you yeah, go I right mean, back yeah, to start. Yeah, sa- I mean, saves for noobs anyway. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. What about you? What have you been playing? Well, I've been playing this uh, action shmup where there's, uh, you know, no lives whatsoever, no continues, none of that. And uh, it's so hardcore that you actually... Blows up your computer if you die, so you can't ever try and replay it again. Oh, nice, nice. Well, I've been playing this one that is, uh is—it's just one thirty-hour boss fight. Nice, no nice. checkpoints, no oh, say, well, no why save point. points. Uh, you can't say you can't pause. Nice, so like nice, you've got to nice. stay awake the whole thirty hours because right. like, if you go have a have a sleep or. Have some food or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boss is going to kick your ass. Absolutely. I mean, they're not going to stop for a nap, are they? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, that's that, that, yeah, that's realism in games. Yeah, de- yeah, they're they're demons born from hell, and they'll go. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You're not going to go. Oh, excuse me, just a minute. I need to go for a wee. wee can mm-hmm. I? You know, mm-hmm. can I? Can you just can you just pause for a second? And they're not going to be like, oh yeah, sure. Uh, I'll just be over here doing my fucking. Platting my armpits or whatever blah 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 blah, blah. Uh, exactly exactly yeah it's right. just not how it goes is it yeah yeah yeah, yeah well you know uh yeah i've started uh, playing uh, another game recently it's a uh a uh, super hardcore game where actually yeah. uh if if you die in the game you die for reals. oh yeah it's yeah, on that yeah. new vr yeah. thing with oh, you know yeah. the weird like Oh, Dynamite yeah. on the front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Won yeah. that, obviously, because you know, so hardcore in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What well, about you? What, you? what you what you been playing? Well, I mean, I have been playing this real hardcore game. I don't yeah. know if you're I don't know if you're ready for this. One. Right, right. It's a uh visual novel dating sim Oh my god. About uh about, about managing, micromanaging relationships with these monster people. Relationships. Yeah, relationship, joke, relationship management. And then, and then, how long do they last? Oh, well, I mean, look, it could be it could be absolutely hours. Well. And by the time that you realise that you've made a mistake and, like, that's going to negatively impact the relationship right, tree, yeah. you are hours past that choice. And now, honestly, you've sunk so much time in, you're just going to have to watch uh, well. all of the negative consequences yeah. play out. Yeah, I mean, you shouldn't have accidentally given the cake to the other character, because then... I didn't realize I didn't realize that he was yeah. gonna think that I had feelings for him if I gave him yeah. the cake. I thought it was a friendship of obje- a, 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 a friendship oh, yeah, gesture. You know. We but give now, each other you know, cake all the time, and exactly. Now, oh, but now, like you know, uh, uh, Bruce the 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 bat is yeah. now just like absolutely livid with me, and I'm yeah. like, look, I get it, but, but you know, I mean, you just give someone cake as friends. Oh, I mean, well, that, that is that is that is the I, real hardcore. That you emo- are that's emotionally you know, hardcore. Yeah, you are you are the real MVP, the real pro. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that is proper gaming. Yeah. No safes coming here, oh, I'll write it out hard. Right, right.
0: Are you a person with a body? Yes. Do you like to sometimes put pictures
2: of yourself up online on your social medias?
1: Occasionally.
2: Do you have female presenting nipples? Sure. Try nipstash!
0: It's a little moustache that you can put on your nips, so they won't be female presenting anymore.
2: <laughs> nipstash! so that you can just put your nips up on Facebook and no one will mind. Nip stash is available in a variety of styles. Handlebar.
0: I don't know any other moustaches. <laughs> The only other thing I can think of was mutton chops, and that's another type of moustache. Pencil moustache. Pencil moustache. There we go. Thank you. The girly uh, kind that you dwell up at the ends. of yeah, the Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the porn star stash. The big droopy one <laughs> that makes you look like Jake the Dog. Nip stash. Get one of these for your for, for your nipples, and you can put pictures of yourself up on Facebook and other social medias. Nip stash for not feeling me presenting nipples. Do you know what I want to see more? What do you want to see more, of? Oh, justice Warriors.
2: Personal justice Warriors. Yeah. All right, Larry. All right, Barry. How are you doing? Oh, not too bad, mate. You know, been nice to uh, see the sun.
1: Yeah, You yeah. know what? it been
2: a few months. It's been nice to, you know, actually see it. I've not managed to get out in it yet. But, you well, know. I got out in some of it. It, was, yeah, uh, it, was, yeah. it wasn't just decorative. It oh, was, it was all, all right just, out there. not just aesthetic. It was functional as well. Exactly, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's nice, nice yeah you you've been up as much ah uh, you know been uh, feeling worn down by the world as ever yeah yeah it's been a uh, been a heavy one you it's, know especially it's... with all the uh the recent yeah yeah well i've been i've been trying to i've been trying to remind myself of the thing that's something hard to remember which is just that you know Trying to make things better is a marathon, not and not a sprint. Yeah, yeah i true, mean you true. know, it's it's very. I I I know I sometimes get myself into the like, I've uh, everything's got to be fixed right now, and I've yeah, got to, yeah. I've got to give a hundred and fifty percent of what I can to yeah, yeah. fix everything right now and sort everything all at once, and you know, that's the kind of kind of thinking that's just going to lead to me burning myself out. You know, yeah, uh, absolutely. It's one of those where it's like, I gotta remind myself sometimes, slow down, you know, you've gotta you gotta keep yourself in in it for the long haul so that you can, you know yeah. you don't just burn out before you get anything done. Yeah, keep uh, on fighting. Yeah. And remembering to like, you know, fight fight alongside others for their fights so that they can you know, in, in the hopes that they'll fight alongside you and yours as well. Oh, it's yeah, that, yeah. We are, you know, we are we are stronger together. Exactly. So- solidarity and shared struggle, you know, means that some of that weight can be taken off for you to not have to go 110% constantly, and, you know, we all... We all when we stand together, we, we do a better job of completing that uh, that marathon we're all struggling along. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's important to have, you know, solidarity and working together, and, I mean, unionisation, really. It's, uh, yeah, and... and... Not just you know at work, but in in, in daily life against the injustices of uh, well government and, and and generally in the world. You know we are trying to make things better, trying to you know act as a community and, and caring and solidarity for one another. You know not about just the greed of a few or you know the uh, the desire to hate of, of 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 a of a few. We we need to get people working together for the for the benefit and, and 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 goodness of of everyone and and while it can often feel like you are personally responsible you I mean, obviously you we all have our own personal responsibility but you know you are not expected to solely solve the world's problems merely to you know do your part and and, and be you know be a part of that in, in the ways you can and, and obviously different people are going to have different ab- ability to do that isn't it yeah yeah out, oh. money. oh yeah Ah, oh, good oh. ugly, good ugly. All I'll put a kettle on. Oh sounds like a plan. Nice, no, nice.
1: It's the final book.
2: I hope it's not the final book. No, there will be more. I'm books. in the
1: middle of writing another book. I hope that one gets to come out. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's I mean it's
0: the it's the final chance. This is the final time we will be talking about it before it's released.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean by the time some people hear this the book will already be out. Yeah. But yeah, the book's out Thursday, Thursday the sixteenth. Uh the sixteenth of February. Yeah. Uh which for us recording this is like uh a day and a bit away. Day and half. It's yeah. it's uh it's it's
0: uh Hawaiian stab Captain Cook Day. Fourteenth of February.
1: Ah uh sorry, t- today I thought I was like February sixteenth? February fourteenth,
0: today. Yeah, yes. Today today is that day? Yeah. yeah, or Corporate Mandated Love Day, whichever you
1: feel uh, is more appropriate. <laughs> I mean, that's the one that I uh, I, I throw around. <laughs> but yeah, Who Hunts the Whale? Tell us about it. It's, uh, well, I mean, we, we opened with it. It's a
0: satirical novel about the video game industry. If you are the kind of person who listens to shows like Podquisition or reads the work of Jason Trier, <laughs> then you might be interested in this book that we've done. Also, if you just like silly content and puns and parodies and queer people, and laughing at rich white dudes, then this is probably the book for you.
1: Pick up the book that our development editor accused of being too mean to men. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, there's some lovely men in this book. Yeah. <laughs> just none of them are in positions <laughs> with, like, with, of power. We're just being mean to the men that are billionaires. Yeah. Well, they're
0: probably billionaires. I don't think we have a outright stake, but they're almost certainly billionaires.
1: I mean, they're rich enough that I don't feel bad being mean to them. Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, yeah so what what, what else do you do though uh, you can find me at Laura K Buzz pretty much everywhere on the internet Laura K Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, TikTok Patreon that's the one that pays the bills uh. Uh, yeah, you can check out my coverage that is currently going up on accessibility uh, this week's episode is about split controllers as accessibility and maybe talking about the fact that it'd be great if Sony would let people use their new VR split controllers outside of a vr context that would
0: be a good idea that would
1: be a good idea go watch the video to find out more about why
3: Mm
0: -hmm. uh
1: what about you where are you on the internet
0: well well i have a link tree it's linkter.ee slash janiac j-a-n-e-i-a-c you can find all my links you can find links to me making music or writing about stuff or all the t-shirts i've designed You can go support all that stuff. Or you can just give me some support on Patreon.com slash StonedMonkeyRadio. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help me justify a 76-hour work week. For a little bit more than that, you can get early access to Queer and Pleasant Strangers and just about anything else I make. So, uh, yeah, that's all
1: the important stuff, Laura. (gasps) Listen us out, please, darling. Until next time, be a stranger.